In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for the gift and graces in our lives. Ask the Holy Spirit upon us, help us know your worth in us, how much you've humbled yourself, how much you've given yourself to us, so that we may have life in eternity with you. Amen. There's a prayer called Litany of Humility. You never heard of it? Nobody. Nobody ever participates in my album. Sorry. But it's, a, it's a really good prayer. It's a very beautiful prayer. And as I was praying with the gospel, praying with, you know, what to preach about, this prayer could come into mind. So I figured I'm gonna, we're going to pray this together right now. So just kind of follow my lead and I'll kind of guide you through it. It's called a litany of humility. Really, it's kind of heart-piercing. Uh, it should challenge your heart to conversion, but in general, uh, pray with me. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. For all the rest of the lines, the, the, the phrase will be, deliver me, Jesus. Repeat after me. Deliver me, Jesus. And the desire of being esteemed. Me, and the desire of being loved. Me, and the desire of being extolled. Me, and the desire of being honored. Me, and the desire of being praised. Me, and the desire of being preferred to others. Me, and the desire of being consulted. From the desire of being approved. From the fear of being humiliated. From the fear of being despised. From the fear of suffering rebukes. From the fear of being slandered. From the fear of being forgotten. From the fear of being ridiculed. From the fear of being wronged. From the fear of being suspected. The rest of these, the phrases, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be more esteemed than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Amen. I know it's a longer prayer, but it's a really good prayer. And we, we have it in the confessionals. And we'll have these actually all, if you wanted one of these, in the back after Mass as you depart to church. Uh, we have plenty of them, so take as you please. Um, it's a really good prayer because it's really heart-piercing. And if you were listening to the words and you weren't challenged, I'd really question your authenticity, right? Because it's a really like, heart-wrenching. Like, others may be preferred more than I, that I may decrease, that others may have be holier than I. Like, really, like, challenging prayers. And it gets to the heart of, of the root of, like, why this prayer is so difficult. Because if for the desire of our hearts, the desire of God, is for us to seek humility, the reason for that is because pride... Pride is the father of vices, father of all sin. We want to fight against pride, but it's the nature of humanity to fall into, to fall into pride. Think about how it's the father of all sins. Think of something like anger. If I get angry, it's usually because somebody offended me. Like, it's all about me. If I am over gluttonous, overindulge in food and drink, why? Because I, me, desire comforts for myself. If I am a greedy person, why? I want more funds and money and wealth for myself. It's a lot about interpointing, and therefore pride can be the kind of the father of all of all sin. 
But and yet, everything has to be balanced, right? Because I'm, I'm proud of being Catholic. I'm proud of being Chaldean. I'm proud to be at St. Thomas. There's a lot of things I'm proud about in my life. That's, it's, the word is dynamic. But they're talking about this type of sin in the sense of like pride can really be uh, quite the sin that holds us down. And this desire, what we should be desiring, should be seeking after in a very challenging way, and very difficult, is, is humility. A couple examples in the readings today. Isaiah, the first reading. Isaiah is in the presence of God. Imagine the scene. He's in the temple, and then it fills with the presence of God. And there's angels, and the veil of God fills the temple. And the angels, two of them are covering their faces, and two of them covering their feet. And the two of them, they're hovering. Like, this is an incredible scene. And an opportunity to recognize that in the presence of God, I'm not, I'm nothing. In the presence of God, I'm so small. And it naturally, if we do it right with the holy presence and prayer, it naturally allows us to enter into humility. That no matter how great you are, how strong you are, no matter what you, what you are allowing your ego and your pride to, to help you with, God is exponentially and infinitely bigger and holier and powerful. And that's who we are in the presence of God. Then in the gospel, the apostles, right, this I kind of have to follow my logic here. The apostles, these 11, who didn't believe the resurrection of Jesus from Mary Magdalene, who didn't believe the resurrection of Jesus from the two disciples from the road to Emmaus, and then Jesus comes and abrades them, yells at them, ridicules them. How could you not believe these three people on two separate occasions whom you trusted after three years of me telling you I'm going to die and rise? How did you not believe them? Anyway... I'm leaving, so you're in charge of the church. Like, Jesus still trusts them with the church, and he ascends it to heaven. And the apostles, this is the beauty of it. The apostles are telling this story. We have the gospels because the apostles told the gospel writers. So like, hey, make sure you write down that time where we were completely stubborn and prideful in our own arrogance, and we refused to believe the resurrection. Tell everybody that story as an example. That we might fall into pride, we might fall into sin, we might fall into these things. But what matters is the resurrection of Jesus. That even though they were prideful and arrogant and stubborn, they still became the foundation of the church. They still were the ones who went to the corners of the world to preach. So we allow ourselves, they allow themselves to be humble so that we can have an experience, an example of what it is to live out humility. And ultimately, the apex of all humility is Jesus. We hear in Philippians today a really great line that we hear actually in the Mass as well. It says, Jesus, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, not the equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. That the God of the universe, the God, the same God that Isaiah encountered, that God of the universe became incarnate in the womb of Mary. Just fathom the humility to be like nine months gestating in the womb of Mary. Born as an infant, could have fallen, could have, a lot of things could have happened to him. Lived his life normally, walking through Jerusalem, walking through Galilee. He's God. Preaching his life and then ultimately dying. This is God. The same God who we should be humbled in His presence. This is the God who humbled Himself and then allowed Himself to die. The Creator of the world, all-powerful, allowed Himself death 
the resurrection. The ascension of Jesus in and of itself is humbling. He's allowing the church, us, the leaders of the church, to establish a church. The same 11 apostles refused to believe the resurrection until they saw it themselves. Those guys, he's trusting them with his mission. That is still an act of humility on behalf of Jesus. And then, I think personally, the ultimate, ultimate apex is the Eucharist. That the God of the universe, and think about the Eucharist too. The church, is, the church is meticulous about what the Eucharist is. It's wheat and water. That's it. It's grape juice and fermentation. That's it. That's all you're allowed to use for the bread and wine at Mass. They force you to be extremely simple. And this is the existence of God. We can drop the Eucharist. We can throw him outside. We can step on him. You shouldn't do those things, but it's possible. But he allows himself to be present to humanity in the ultimate act of humility so that we can become like him. That we can live in the presence of God and be physically united to Jesus. Because, my brothers and sisters, pride will drag you down to hell. And life, if you allow life to do it for you, life will automatically humble you. Oh, I have health. I'm doing great. Oh, thank God we have health. Health will dissipate. Someone you know or yourself will get sick and die. Oh, we have wealth, we're comfortable financially, we're doing good. Money comes, money goes. Money's a tool. Helps you to live and to survive and to exist. You should have your money, whatever, fine. But then what? It cannot and will not satisfy the heart. And then eventually, sometimes, funds go away. Money's a tool, not an end in itself. Oh, I'm beautiful, I have youth, I have a full head of hair. Must be nice, right? But then this happens, okay? And then you get gray. Like no one in this church, no female in this church has naturally colored hair right now, right? This is like, this is your life. Every time you get your hair dyed, you should be like, wow, life is dissipating. I'm getting older. My knees hurt. My shoulder hurts. My hand. This is life naturally humbles you, let alone the spiritual nature of the beauty of God. And we should allow that, not fight against it. Allow it, embrace it, and pray this prayer of litany of humility. Because otherwise, we allow pride to creep in. I'm better. I'm better looking. I'm more important. What matters is me. You forget to look for God. And then you get dragged down to hell. Because Satan is the father of pride. Pride is his sin. That's his sin. He refused to serve God. So my prayer for you, especially this Mass, as we receive the Eucharist, the ultimate, in my opinion, the ultimate humility of Jesus, receive the Eucharist and thank God for his ability to humble himself for us, but then ask yourself, really ask yourself, where is God asking you to check yourself, to humble yourself, to check your ego so that you can no longer be a slave to pride, but live in the freedom of humility. Amen.